Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 41. And in just a moment, we'll look at verse 10, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Hymns have been written from this text. You know, all of God's promises are precious, are they not? Don't you love reading the Bible? And don't you love to come across, I call them old friends, scriptures from the Bible that have blessed our hearts. I'm talking about promises like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. I shall not want. I heard one little girl say, the Lord's my shepherd. He's all I want. That's good too, right? John 3, 16, what a famous blessed promise this is. Read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then Romans 8, 28. Read this with me, please. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. These are amazing verses. But I want to give you a verse that I believe is just as amazing. And it is precious to all of us because it talks about our precious God. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Read this with me, please, from the screen. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Is that not beautiful? Aren't you grateful for our precious God? Why is God precious? According to this verse, there are several reasons. First of all, our Lord is precious because He is a present God. He's not a distant God. He is a present God. Look at the first part of Isaiah 40, verse 10. Do not fear then read the rest with me, for I am with you. God is with us through his Holy Spirit. He is with you whenever you go through a trial. I remember when I had a tumor in my chest and I had one eye shut and I was in that machine where they scan and they put you, lay you out flat. I felt like five pounds of meat in a four pound bag. <laughs> and they make you go through that scanner and they run it over you. And I can remember thinking, Lord, I'm only 40 years old. I've got kids. I need to be able to work. I need to be able to supply and to provide for my family. And I was praying in the middle of all that, wondering what was going to come out of that test. And I sensed the Lord say, do not fear. I am with you. You know, God can go through a CAT scan and come out looking good. Amen. I'm not being silly. I mean, he, 
He, he'll be with you no matter what you have, even if you have cancer, even if you're going through a difficult time. God had promised his people, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. And they were in slavery at this time. They had not been faithful to the Lord. And God, through his prophets, kept telling them, stop committing spiritual adultery, which is idolatry. Stop it. Stop doing this. Don't do this. If you don't stop, I'm going to send a pagan nation and they are going to rout you and defeat you. And God eventually sent the Assyrians. They destroyed the northern ten kingdoms that they called Israel. And then the tribes, rather, and then the tribes of Judah and Benjamin were still in the south. They were called Judah. And Isaiah was preaching to Judah saying, look, you need to repent. You need to get right with God. God is not going to let Jerusalem continue to have all these pagan gods around here and not do something about it. You've got to repent. And they wouldn't do it. And they went into exile. The Babylonians came. They had defeated the Assyrians who had wiped out the northern tribes of Israel and now here come the others and they come in and they are literally so powerful that they smash through the walls of Jerusalem and burn the temple to the ground, kill most of the adults, take many children like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, others into exile. And the Bible says, God comes to them and says, look, I know you're in exile, but don't fear I am still with you. I love you. I love you in Babylon. I love you in Jerusalem. All I want you to do is walk with me and obey me. That's all I want. He said in Isaiah 54, 7 and 8, For a brief moment I forsook you, but with great compassion I'll gather you. In an outburst of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you. Says the Lord, your what? Say it out loud. Redeemer. Your Redeemer. The one who redeems you. Stop worrying. I'm right here. I know you're in exile, but I can be anywhere. I am everywhere at the same time, but my manifest presence is with you even in Babylon. I am a very present God. When King David committed his great sins of adultery and murder, he thought God was through with him. And he prayed this prayer in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Some of you have salvation, but you don't have the joy of his salvation. There's no joy. You've lost the joy. Get the joy back. That's what rejoicing is about. It's a revival of joy. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Let's all say that together. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then, 
Once I get my joy back, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and Lord, sinners will be converted unto you. Are you afraid this morning? Are you concerned about all the things in the world? Maybe you've sinned and you're worried about God leaving you and turning away from you. I have good news for you. Don't fear that. He hates your sin, but he loves you. And he has not left. Oh, he will discipline you. Don't get me wrong. God knows how to spank. God hasn't read any of these books about not spanking your children, all right? He's read them, but he throws them out. Hear his promise today. Do not fear, for I am with you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Read the last part with me. Do not fear or be dismayed. That is, don't be anxious and don't be discouraged. Jesus said right after he gave the great commission in Matthew 28, 20, he said, and lo, I am with you always. Let's read that together. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Not just to the end of your age, <laughs> but the end of the age. The end of time as we know it. God is with us. Paul was in a prison much of his life because he would be arrested and he would be thrown into prison. He was afraid of being thrown into prison when he was in Corinth. He was not in prison at this time. But he was praying, Lord, there's so many pagans around here. The gospel is moving, but God, I really pray that you'll help me to preach faithfully. And God came to him. We read about it in Acts 18, 9 and 10. The Lord said to Paul in the night by vision, do not be afraid any longer. But go on speaking and don't be silent. And why should he not be afraid? Read the next part with me. For I am with you. Then God said, no man will attack you in order to harm you. I have many people in this city. And not a person had been, hardly anybody had been saved yet. And God said, I see the future, Paul. I got a lot of people in this city. A lot of people are going to get saved. You just keep on being faithful preaching the Word of God. The Lord is with you this very moment. He'll never leave you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's saying to you right now, I am with you. He is our precious Lord because He is a present God. Your Lord is also precious because He is a personal God. A personal God. You are just like a fingerprint to God. You're similar, but you're separate and different and unique than everybody else. Isaiah 41, verse 10, don't be anxiously looking about you, for I am your God. I am your God. I'm not just God. I am your God. 
Don't anxiously look about you. Don't have your head on a swivel all the time wondering if somebody's behind you about to beat you up. Don't worry about that. Keep your eyes straight, looking up, looking ahead. Eyes on the Lord. The Lord told his people, don't look at your problems. Don't look at your bondage in Babylon. Don't look at the foreign armies. Don't look at your sinful past. Look to me. I am your God. I'm a personal God. You belong to me, not to the people who conquered you. I'm the one that led your ancestors out of Egypt. I can lead you out of Babylon. I've marked you as my own. Even though you're wicked, I'm not ashamed to be your God and your Father. I will forgive you when you repent, and I will never disown you. I'm your personal God. All four of our children are very different. They each have different personalities. How many of you have children would say that all of your children are different? Anybody out there besides ours? So we've had to relate to them individually. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, now listen to this, listen very closely. I know you've seen this a lot, but listen very closely. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. In the way he or she should go. Every child's different. You've got to figure out how to parent each child. Now, some things are for everybody, I get that, but you have to customize some things along the way. And God knows you inside out. If you're athletic, he might even relate to you through sports. If you're musical, he'll relate to you through music and the arts. If you're intellectual, he'll relate to you through books. If you're shy and timid, he'll gently lead you into friendships. If you're boisterous, God knows how to calm you down. Amen. <laughs> he loves you. And his love is personal. God says, I know everything about you. And yet, I love you. I'm watching over you personally every day. Don't you be anxious. Don't always look around you afraid. Don't do that. Don't do that. I love you. I am your God. He is a personal God. And oh, for that, he's so precious. A third thing is this. Your Lord is precious because he is a powerful God. I love Isaiah 41.10. goes on to say, I will strengthen you. Say that with me. I will strengthen you. Do you ever need, I'm not talking about just physical strength. We all need that too. But don't you just need spiritual strength sometimes? Mental strength, emotional strength. I think all of those contribute to our physical strength. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. I'm going to help you. I'm your helper. I've sent the Holy Spirit to help you. I'm here not to hurt you, 
not to hinder you, but to help you. I'm not here to stop you or to shortchange you. I am here to strengthen you. They were prisoners in Babylon for decades, but God came to them and said, okay, it's close to 70 years. You're about to go back. I love you. I am a powerful God. I'm going to make sure that the Babylonians are taken over by the Medo-Persians. And I'm going to make sure that somebody that you've never even thought about, you don't even know his name. His name is Cyrus. Cyrus II, to be exact. And he is going to let you go back. And not only that, he is going to provide all the materials you need to rebuild the temple. And that happened when God sent them back through the Medo-Persians in 539. Isaiah 41.10, I'll strengthen you. Surely I will help you. If you ever feel like you need the Lord's help, if you ever feel weak and you feel like you need the power of God, Isaiah has a wonderful text for you. I know that you know it, but allow me to read it from the New Living Translation Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. God never gets tired. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power. He has power. So he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Now we feel weak and we feel powerless. And the only one that can empower us and strengthen us is the Lord. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless, even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. Even though you're young, you don't have an unlimited supply of strength. Read the last verse with me, though. Verse 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Same powerful God loves you. I feel sorry for people that worship the devil. He is no match for God. God is all powerful. He is more powerful than any demon or the devil himself. He's more powerful than any situation you find yourself in. He's more powerful than any person, more powerful than any disease. He's more powerful than any gang. He's more powerful than any PhD. He's more powerful than any trillionaire, if that's a word. 
He's more powerful than a storm. He's more powerful than any sea. He can slay any giant. Nothing is too difficult for our powerful God. Nothing. Nothing. And He will be your power if you'll let Him. You want to walk in your power? I want to tell you something I found out about God. You want to try to do it on your own? He'll let you. And He will let you fail. But when you get tired of that, and you say, God, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of trying to be the husband I ought to be. I'm tired of trying to be the wife I ought to be. I'm tired of trying to be the parent I ought to be. I'm tired of trying to be the Christian I ought to be. Lord, I need your help. I need you, Lord. You start approaching God like that, and you ask him for your power, for his power, and I'm telling you, he'll give it to you. I will strengthen you. Surely, I will help you. The Lord is precious because he is a powerful God. Aren't you grateful for our precious Lord? He's precious because he's a present God. He's a personal God. He is a powerful God. But there's one more part of this verse that we need to look at. Your Lord is precious because he is a preserving God. Do you ever get tired? Surely, he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord promised all of Israel, even as you leave Babylonian captivity, Assyrian captivity, and go back and find all of your houses burned and your temple torn down, even in all of that, I want you to know, surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You're not going to like what you see when you go back, but you know what? You just keep your eyes on me, and I will help you rebuild. I will uphold you. I will sustain you. I will support you. I will maintain you. I will defend you. I am your preserving God. Praise the Lord. He's the same for us today. I love Philippians 1, verse 6. Paul says, this is the New Living Translation, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you. Hey, look at me. If you're saved, you didn't begin that good work in you. God did. Don't be proud of your salvation. Be grateful for his salvation. If he hadn't come your way, you never would have gone his way. I am certain that God who began the good work within me, you will continue his work. Aren't you glad of that? Until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus 
Christ returns. I'm going to preserve you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to work on you. I'm going to chisel away what I don't like. I'm going to add what I like. I'm going to build you up. And I'm going to make you more like my son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to preserve you. You're not holding on to me. I'm holding on to you. If you were holding on to me, you'd let go. I'm holding on to you. I won't let go. I'm your God. I will preserve you. I began the good work in you. I'll continue it until the day my son comes back. And you can claim all the verses like Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me. You don't have to vindicate yourself. You don't have to right every wrong. You don't have to tell everybody off. You don't have to win in every argument. You don't have to vindicate yourself and protect yourself. Their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. He promises to uphold you. He promises to preserve you with his righteous right hand. In 1787, somebody, we don't know who, wrote a great hymn. 1787, 22 years after the Civil War. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. And then the second verse See if this reminds you of any verse we've talked about lately. Fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I'll still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. Where do you think he got that? Isaiah 41, 10. Is Jesus precious to you today? He should be. He sure has done a lot for you. If you're a Christian, you know him as a present God. He's always there. You know him as a personal God. He knows you. He knows your fingerprint. He knows what you're about to say before you say it. And he's, you never shock Jesus, ever. He knows you. He's a personal God. And he's a powerful God. You don't have to fear man or demons or even the devil. Fear only God. 
He is powerful. And He is our preserving God. He'll take care of us from the womb to the tomb. Say Isaiah 41.10 with me one more time. Read it from the screen, please. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's thank God for that wonderful promise from God. Amen.